Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. The next 10 episodes discuss dimensions of prophethood or Nubuwa, the sixth secret of the path. The everlasting presence, Hadratul Khulud. Dear disciple, we are at the door of the presence of the Alif's contact, which we call the everlasting presence. It is named this because none of the beautiful company of prophets and messengers who enter its bounds would ever deny the primordial covenant. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Ali Imran verse 79, It is not for any human being, God having given him the book, judgment, and prophethood, to then say to the people, Be servants of me instead of God. Rather, be sages from having taught the book and from having studied. End of the passage. You should know also that the hidden alif into whose esoteric meanings we are presently delving comprises three levels. The level of prophethood, nubuwa, the level of messengerhood, risala, and the level of sainthood, wilaya. The everlasting presence is the presence of spiritual visual in the company of the Lord and following the footsteps of the mentoring shaykh in all matters, great and small. For the alif is a straight path that will not tolerate any crookedness in the disciple's thought, nor any shakiness in his caprices. If you would grasp and walk this path, you must be prepared to surrender yourself entirely. Yet, you must not deem yourself pure and say, quote, I have achieved self-surrender. For Allah Ta'ala says in Surah An-Nisa, verse 49, Hast thou not seen those who deem themselves pure? Rather, it is God who purifies whomsoever He will. Instead, you must always view yourself critically and belittle your state. True self-surrender means to nullify your lesser intellect completely and renounce all claims to strength and transformative power. For your intellect can only take you further away from God. We seek His refuge from that. Self-surrender comes from you first, and then afterwards come the proofs and signs to reassure your heart. A sacred hadith says, quote, When the servant draws a hand span nearer to me, I draw an arm's length nearer to him. When he draws an arm's length nearer to me, I draw a fathom nearer to him. When he comes walking to me, I go running to him. Sahih Bukhari So it begins with you and ends with your Lord. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ra'd, verse 11, Truly God alters not what is in a people until they alter what is in themselves. By God, what is the status of your delimited non-existent intellect next to that of the intellect of the Shaykh, which is characterized with the presence of the supreme intellect, the mover of the divine laws? He is the heir of the all-encompassing utterances, Jawami'ul-Kalim, 
and is able to cause pure meaning to descend into the receptacles of forms in the manner required to guide people. Enter this station without your intellect. Enter it with the intellect of your shaykh. Have you not heard the words of the chosen Prophet who says, Most of the people of paradise are fools. The everlasting presence bars entry to people with delimited intellects. I said of this in a poem, Is'adli bin nuzul, hadha aslul usul, ilghi kulla al-uqul, li ta'lam ma aqul. To me, ascend by descending, keep every intellect at bay. This is the root of roots to understand what I say. Reflect, may God have mercy on you, on how when God's prophet Jonah left his people when they refused to believe in God, God tried him with the manifold darkness of the ocean, the night, and the belly of the whale. This was only because the station of prophethood accepts nothing other than what the presence dictates. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anbiya, Verses 87 to 88, quote, And remember the noon, Jonah, when he went away in anger and thought we had no power over him. Then he cried out in the darkness, There is no God but thee. Glory be to thee. Truly, I have been among the wrongdoers. So we answered him and saved him from grief. Thus do we save the believers. So the everlasting presence begins with total self-surrender based upon acquiescence and the nullification of the delimited intellect. The one who enters it with his own mind will squander the door of prophethood just as it was squandered by the companions of Khalid ibn Sinan upon him be peace when they failed to acquiesce to his words. Ibn Abbas may God be pleased with him, related that a man of the tribe of Abs, named Khalid ibn Sinan, said to his people, quote, I will extinguish the eternal fire for you. A man of his people named Umar ibn Ziyad said to him, By God, you have only ever told us the truth, Khalid, but what is this about the eternal fire? Do you really claim you can put it out? So they went together along with 30 other men of his people until they came to the fire, which emitted from a cleft in a mountain of volcanic rock called Ashja' tract. Khadid drew a line for them and told them to sit inside it. If I am late in returning to you, he told them, do not call me by my name. The fire came roaring out of the cleft like a stampede of wild horses. Khalid faced it head on, beating it back with his staff, saying, Get back! Get back! Every offering will be delivered. The goat herder's son claimed that I would not come back out with my garments unburned. Then he disappeared inside the cleft. After a long time had passed with no sign of him, Umar ibn Ziyad said, By God, if he were still alive, he would have come out by now. They said, Then call him by his name. Some of them objected, 
that he had expressly forbidden them from doing so, but they called his name anyway. He came out to them at once, holding his head in his hands. Didn't I tell you not to call me by my name, he said? By God, you have killed me, so bury me. If some donkeys should come your way, one of them with a severed tail, then dig me up and you will find me alive. So they buried him. Later some donkeys passed by, one of which had a severed tail. The people took this as a sign that they should exhume Khalid as he had instructed, but Umar ibn Ziyad objected, saying, We cannot have the folk of Mudar going around saying that we dig up our dead. By God, we must never exhume him. Khalid had told them that he had left two tablets in the care of his wife, which they should consult in times of uncertainty, whereupon they would find guidance. He also instructed that these tablets should not be touched by a menstruating woman. So they went to his wife and asked for the tablets, and she brought them out, but she was menstruating, and all the knowledge inscribed upon them faded away. Abu Yunus related on the authority of Simak ibn Harb that the Prophet ﷺ was asked about Khalid and replied, quote, That was a prophet whose people squandered him. Simak also related that the son of Khalid ibn Sinan once visited the Prophet ﷺ who said to him, Welcome, my brother's son. Hakim declared this narration to be authentic according to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. He also noted that the story of Khalid bin Sinan's death was related in different ways and that he heard from several trusted narrators of Al-Andalus that between their homeland and Qairawan in Tunisia there was a sea in the middle of which stood a tall mountain that no one ever climbed. Their journeys by sea took them close by this mountain, and they had seen at the top a cave in which sat a man with his legs drawn up, swaddled in white wool, his head resting on his hands as though he were asleep, his body entirely unchanged. They told of how the locals there swore that he was Khalid ibn Sinan, and God knows best. Mustadrak Hakim اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد